You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, uh, we're coming off a huge Florida win over Georgia, obviously. Some interesting storylines this week. I think, uh, obviously, the SEC has had a tough week. You know, we talked about it Monday when we were shooting the podcast. As we were recording the podcast, I think two different teams in the league basically reported a COVID-19 outbreak and kind of had some issues with that. And um, Florida is one of only three games in the league that's actually going to get played this weekend. So four other games have already been canceled due to covid uh, we talked about, you know, Arkansas coach Sam Pittman obviously has tested positive for COVID-19. What we were hopeful for was that Arkansas wouldn't have a bigger outbreak. And, and luckily for Florida, it appears that, you know, the Razorbacks outside of Sam Pittman have done a pretty good job containing COVID. So for now, we're on track to play. And Tropical Storm Ida is kind of rolling through Gainesville, actually, as we, as we speak or already rolled through, I guess. Um, so a lot of the issues that we thought might have been a concern for this game aren't. And uh, the good news is, you know, it looks like we're set to play football this weekend in Gainesville. Nothing bad there. Can't be, can't be mad at that. Um, you know, obviously there were more concerns around the SEC, and I think those questions creep in. You know, I've even seen some stories, you know, of or even seen the questions, you know, thrown out there. You know, is, is the season done? What's going on there? It seems like the SEC still planning to roll through there. This just seems to be kind of a bump in the road, and obviously with the games being moved around and canceled and, and this, that, and the other. Um, at least Florida fans can take luxury in the fact that they can watch a game this weekend. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out in the sec. You know, we talked about it and, and I was pretty vocal back when Florida had its initial outbreak that I thought the, the sec was maybe handling things poorly by immediately moving to that December 12th date, you know, with, with some of the cancellations and postponements. Now you've got a bunch of games stacked into that back end. So Really, uh, you know, it comes back to that question of will the college football playoff committee decide to move back? Do we push conference championship games back? Not really sure how that's going to work. You, you also have potentially the situation where, you know, uh, a Florida that's about to win the SEC East could end up potentially playing on December 12th while Alabama doesn't. Uh, so, you know, there's potential for one team to have a bye week before the SEC championship game. Obviously, none of those decisions are final yet. None of them have been made. You know, Greg Sankey, I know that's something that he and the league are, are obviously thinking about a lot right now. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, and like you said, I think the good news is, you know, Florida's ready to return to the swamp. And it, it feels like a long time since Florida's even been at home. Um, I guess kind of going back to that, that Georgia game, we talked a lot about the impact. I think for Florida right now, the real question mark is, you know, when you you talk about trap games, that kind of thing, I think I think – the fact that Felipe Franks is playing in this Arkansas game probably helps Florida avoid a trap game, so to speak. But I'm curious, Blake, what do you think we see out of Florida this week, just given the fact that they, they just came off, off a major, major win um, and, and everything that's kind of going on out there? You know, I, I think that you've seen a lot of these guys field the questions of, you know, Felipe Franks coming back. And, and you know, I, I say it quite a bit on the podcast. I think that Dan Mullen does a really good job of keeping his team's focus 
Um, I don't think that this is a game that they'll overlook. You know, I don't think that uh, – I, I guess I don't expect a hangover, you know, from this, such a big win of Georgia. Um, I think these guys are pretty focused. I think they've gotten through, you know, their own quarantine of, you know, having some COVID pop up through the team. I, I guess what I'm getting at is I think this team has gone through some things over the last couple of weeks, you know, being doubted in the Georgia game, getting down early and how they responded. So I think, you know, all those things considered, I think you've seen that Dan Mullen really has – you know, put in and instilled that, you know, championship type mindset in the team, you know, to keep them focused. So, you know, I think that bringing Felipe Franks back, you know, obviously he's going to want to come in and he's going to want to beat Florida. I mean, that, that's, that's what he wants to do. I mean, you know, he's going to come in and he's going to have, I guess, so to say a chip on his shoulder, you know, we've seen Felipe really emotional guy when it comes to, you know, playing the game, you look at the Miami game and he's over there, you know, talking smack to the guys in the crowd. He's shushing his own fans, you know, in that South Carolina game a couple years back. So um, I think a lot of those things considered, I think that this team is going to want to compete. They're going to want to beat Felipe Franks. And obviously they're going to want to keep their eyes on the prize. You know, they have, they, I, I think this team is very aware that they need to continue to handle their business. And if they do that, then they will be playing in Atlanta for the SEC championship. Yeah. When you talk about handling business too, I, you know, we shot the podcast on Monday afternoon our previous episode. And on Tuesday, we found out that Florida for the second straight week has had zero positive COVID-19 results. So I know that a lot of players have already been exposed to it, but I do think that speaks to kind of what you're talking about with Florida being able to take care of business. Florida's done a pretty good job. I mean, I think, I think they legitimately got a scare, you know, after that Texas A&M game with the, the outbreak that infected 37 players of, Hey, we do have championship aspirations and we kind of jeopardize that. Right. And a lot of SEC teams right now are having issues. And I think, you know, just logically speaking, you can tie that back to probably Halloween, you know, uh, particularly for, for, I don't blame them, man. I, I mean, dude, I was in college. I, I remember that, you know, and I, I mean, that, that was a fun holiday, man. So, uh, but a lot of these teams, particularly the ones that, that aren't necessarily in championship contention, you look at like LSU, right. Um, LSU is having a rough year, you know? So like, I, I understand guys going out and, and, and partying and doing that kind of thing. Um, but I think Florida, just the fact that they've had no positive cases for two weeks now coming off that outbreak, you, you listen to some of the guys that we've talked to this week, Evan McPherson, who was a guy that had COVID and, and actually had to miss the Missouri game, even after the two week shutdown, you can hear it in their voice. Like they, they, they are very aware of kind of everything that's on the line. And I think, Again, going back to, you know, I, I think we talked about it on the last podcast. If not, I definitely wrote about it. It feels like every season has kind of these, these turning points, right? You know, Tim Tebow's the promise. Uh, I thought the fight against Missouri, obviously not a good look for Florida, but I thought that really kind of gave this team an edge. And then when you follow that up with a win against Georgia, all of a sudden now, all that offseason talk, it becomes not just talk. It becomes reality, right? And so I, I really get the sense from this team listening to them this week that, like you said, there's a lot of business in front of them and there's still a long way to go. I mean, there's still five games left. Hopefully knock on wood, we get through all those who knows. Um, but at this point, you know, some of that stuff's outside of Florida's control and we don't even know necessarily how the league's going to handle it. If games do get canceled, games get postponed, teams are playing different numbers of games so I think the, the, the attitude from Florida this week and talking to people around the program is very much guys are locked in. You know, they, they don't know what they control exactly, but what they do control is their attitude, their mindset. I think that they've been – Control the controllables. Control the controllables. It's a – you know, it's – like I said, Will Muschamp, obviously, a, you know, a fantastic coach, and uh, he really nailed – I'm just kidding. 
but he he did nail that one, and and I think you know that's guy nails a lot, a lot of whiteboards. <laughs> that, that's something a lot of coaches preach is is control the controls, and I think for Florida right now, that's simply you know managing the mindset. And I think with COVID, they've done a good job. Now it's going to be, can they do that on the field? Can they can they avoid taking things lightly? I think in, in some ways, I think having Arkansas and Felipe Franks come in rather than say like you, you go to a Vandy game or something like that where there's less reason for that the only thing cool in vanderbilt is going to nashville and going down there yeah unless you're covering a game (laughs) yeah that's true even then but but yeah no i agree with you i think that there's a lot of a lot of focus here and i you know and i i think i said it on the last podcast this isn't your typical arkansas team that had lost x amount of sec games i mean they're a capable team and we'll get into talking about them and and, you know breaking this down more later but i think this is as it, it's not a, like you said, I mean, it's not a Vanderbilt game. You know, I think that there's enough of what they've shown for this team. I think that, you know, bringing in a former teammate and I think that Dan Mullen, you know, he, he's a competitive guy. I think that he's kind of rubbed that off on the rest of the team. And I think that the competition enough of beating a former guy that used to be for, you know, play for Florida. I think that's enough to where this team is going to be focused. I would also say this too. You know, we talked a lot about how much Florida still has to fix. You know, even in the Georgia game, they won that game, but there's clearly a lot of issues that they can definitely fix going forward. Sure. You know, defense being one of them. I think the offense being able to close in second halves is still a big concern. Really, there's only been one game where the offense has done that. I mean, and they cost themselves a Texas A&M game by not closing. You know, Kyle Pitts is questionable for this one still. I, I would be almost a little surprised if we see him this I week. Would so, I would too. I don't think he plays. And And so – you look at the schedule coming up and we've talked about it. The back half is, is certainly much more manageable. I mean, Arkansas just beat Tennessee. You thought that would maybe be a tougher game. Tennessee looks kind of rough. Uh, Kentucky, we thought earlier in the year, maybe that would be a little tougher that they've been kind of up and down. Vanderbilt shouldn't really be a contest. I mean, I look at the schedule and, and Arkansas to me is probably the toughest remaining game on the schedule. And the reason that is important more than anything is I think we'd expect Florida to win all five of these games. Right. And, and even if they don't, from an SEC championship standpoint, they have a little leeway. Obviously, if Florida wants to be a playoff team, they can't lose one. But I think for Florida, knowing that you have to fix these issues, this is going to be your best barometer for the rest of the way. I mean, after this, the games get easier, and I'm not sure how much you can truly work on some of the issues that Florida has, or, or at least how much of a gauge you'll get on how fixed they are, so to speak, because some of these teams aren't going to test Florida all that much. So I think this weekend is going to be a really important measuring stick for Florida. I think it's going to give them some answers on, on still what needs to be solved. And, and, you know, I, I think the defense has taken strides. I mean, but they only gave up 277 yards against Georgia. The, the real issue is Florida has to get more consistent, right? We talked about a fast start last week. They came out and they give up 14 points right away. Those are the kind of things that you can't survive against an Alabama. And given the fact that the next five opponents are kind of inferior opponents, I want to see Florida start to clean up that, you know, I want to, I want to see them clean up the, the slow starts, the, the, the not finishing in the second half. I want to see them finally put together kind of that performance that shows, you know, the actual ceiling for Florida, where are they, if they put together a complete 60 minute game, are they capable of beating Alabama? Are they capable of being a playoff team? And I think for me that those answers more so this week than any week in the rest of the schedule, we probably will find out a little bit about those. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, you, you see that 
Kyle Pitts, I mean, at least expectation-wise, he likely doesn't play, you know, going through the concussion protocol. I don't know that they've really said anything official there, but I think I lean towards, you know, you probably won't see him play. So I think it's a chance for Florida to, you know, we, we've seen weapons. You know, Kyle Trask is going to facilitate things. He does a really good job of spreading the ball. Kadarius Tony's great. You know, he's they've got running backs that have, you know, not only run the ball, but they've been able to catch the ball. Florida has guys. And I think at this point, you can kind of work on, I, I guess – finding your identity past having Kyle Pitts there because I think even, you know, yes, there are plenty of weapons and I think, you know, your typical fan will know that, but I think from like a bigger, broader perspective, I think this is a chance for Florida to show that, you know, it's not just the Trask and, you know, Kyle to Kyle type of thing. So I think that that's something they can do this weekend too. I'm also kind of interested too. Stuart Reese is a guy that I think is also questionable or doubtful or, or something to that effect for this game. I'm interested to see if Ethan White slides in there. I know that he was, has been working through, you know, some injuries. You know, he, he seems to be kind of on the up and up. I'm interested to see him because he was getting a lot of hype heading into the season. You know, I think he was going to be the starting center or at least some kind of, you know, it, it, some impact of being an interior type of guy. So I, I think he can kind of come in and I, I think he would be a really good fix. And I'm excited if he is able to play to see that if, you know, if Stuart Reese isn't able to play, I think that, you know, I'm excited to finally see the guy that has been getting hyped up all fall camp and that's Ethan White. Well, and that's one thing that Dan Mullen has noted is they haven't really played it a single game yet where they felt like they've had a full team. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I, th- I would expect to see Ethan White this week. I don't know how much we see him. You know, maybe it's only a series or two. Uh, but we talked about it on the last episode of the podcast. I do think Florida is developing better depth across the board. And you see that, you know, with guys like Josh Brown and Michael Tarquin coming in. I think that can only help. I think you want to continue to develop that. Because, you, you I mean, again, you still have five games before you get to that SEC championship game against – we're assuming Alabama, you know, you need to, you know, you may have an injury, like you said, you know, Stuart Reese, if he's out, you have to start to find answers. And I, I think for me, this, this weekend is kind of, I don't necessarily expect it to be a game that Florida loses, but I think it's the final game where we're going to see Florida actually tested. Um, but let's go ahead and break down Arkansas on the other side of the break. We'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp here with Blake Alderman. Blake, let's get right to it. Felipe Franks in the Swamp. I think we are 
expecting uh, fireworks. No, I would. I over under. Do you think he shushes the crowd? I don't think he shushes the crowd. I think. I think. Look, I mean, it's thing. gonna it's gonna go nuts if like if he does that because he's not. I mean, it's he's on the opposite side now too. But I had a friend that actually mentioned that to me. You know, do you think he does that? Because I mean, again, you know, I mean, Felipe is gonna. I think he's gonna come in with a chip on his shoulder. Do you? Th- and he asked me if I thought he would do that, and I was like, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think so, man. And and it's funny. I tried to go back and watch that HBO special that they did where Frank's got hurt and all that, just to kind of like, you know put me back in the mindset of like going into Arkansas week and I couldn't find it on HBO. I don't know if they, they carry it on HBO max or whatever, but I think dude, I genuinely, I genuinely think Felipe Franks is a good guy. And I think listening to him this week in some of the Arkansas media that he's done, he just seems like he doesn't want to do that. Like he doesn't want to push the buttons that way. Now I I think he's going to be fiery. Like I think he's, there's going to be a point where he talks some smack. I mean, like I've seen Felipe Franks in practice enough times to know that watch number two for Florida. When Felipe Franks and Brad Stewart come together, that's the guy that's going to they, – they really had some spirited matchups in practice. I would not be shocked at all if, if those two start chirping at each other early. Like Franks is going to talk some smack. I mean, that's what he does. That's how he fires himself up. And he's going to want to win this game. I just don't think – I don't think necessarily that he's going to want to like rub it in the face of the fans, so to speak. And I think – I think the shushing thing, I don't know. I just think he's matured enough as a player and a person that I don't see that happening. Um, but it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he manages that because, you know, I don't – Felipe Franks during his time at Florida always had such a hard time, I think, managing his emotions, right? I mean, he was a guy that was obviously very influenced by what was said about him in the media, on social media, that kind of thing. Um, I – I'd be hard pressed to think Felipe Franks isn't reading some of the stories going into this game. I mean, just bottom line, I, I would be shocked if he hasn't read some of the stories, read some of the potential. He's getting praised a lot for turning around two programs right now, and, and rightfully so. I mean, Arkansas had lost 20 straight SEC games, and uh, since then he's helped them win three games, really should be four games with that Auburn game. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what to expect from Felipe Franks, and I think that's kind of – that's Felipe Franks, isn't it? Like, you never know what to expect from that guy. Exactly. And I, I will agree, too. You know, he was at times showed immaturity at Florida. At times he showed that he is very emotional. You know, you look at the Miami game, he's sitting there talking smack to guys in the crowd. You know, the, the shushing thing, you know, there. There's just so many different things. But the guy has, was always well-liked within the team. You know, yes, he had some chirping back and forth during practice. I mean, that happens in football. But he was always very well-liked. And I think that he has shown at least – you know, I don't sit there. I, I, you know, here I am on the podcast admitting I haven't watched Arkansas that closely this year. I just haven't. I've watched some games. I've looked at his stats, but for the most part, it does seem like he has changed. You know, kind of turned the corner there. He shows to be a little bit more mature. He's obviously playing really well. You know, you don't see the stories of, you know, him, you know, talking smack to the away fans or anything like that. So I think that he's going to come in composed. But again, you know, he's going to come in. And he's going to want to beat Florida. You know, that's the team he was replaced. You know, all, everyone knows the story by now. Um, and I think he's going to want to come in and get that last laugh. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think when you look at Arkansas, um, I'm not super familiar with them either. But you look at them, I think they've struggled kind of running the ball. You know, even with Felipe Franks being an option to run, it's probably just not their bread and butter. You know, I think where they're going to hurt Florida or where they have the potential to hurt Florida is really with that arm, you know, the big pass. Um, I also, I, I think Florida's not done a great job this season with its pass rush lanes. 
And we talked about particularly, you know, before they had Kyrie Campbell back and slid Zach Carter outside. That's something that Brenton Cox struggles with. And so this is going to be a big game for him. He's also been sacked 18 times this season. So if there's going to be a game where Florida can show up in that pass rush, it seems like it's going to be this one. And I think a lot of that is that Franks extends plays. You know, he, he will look to extend plays as long as he can. And I think that, again, goes back to what I worry about with Florida, his arm. You know, he can hit you deep. And we saw last week, you know, even last week against Georgia, I thought the defense played better. But it, they played better from a statistical standpoint, but then you, you had guys running free. and There, were some, there were some passes that along balls that, you know, if, if they would have had a more capable quarterback for Georgia, I think that they would have been open. I mean, they were open. They, they would have been hit, and it could have been a different story. 100%. And Felipe Franks is not going to miss all those passes. So you really have to be locked in. Again, I go back to pass rush lanes. They, they really need to collapse the pocket from the outside in. And, and that's to me, that makes Brenton Cox one of the most important players in this game because he is a good pass rusher, but he's undisciplined. You know, he's a young player. Uh, and they need him to really be able to pinch in the pocket and not allow Felipe Franks to scramble, kind of get loose and extend plays. Because if you do that, this Florida secondary is going to give up big plays. I mean, that, that just bottom line. That's who they are at this point. You know, I think the defense has continually played a little bit better each week. I think that the overall statistics speak to that. I think Florida's run defense, again, especially with Kyrie Campbell back, is looking much better. And I, I just don't think Arkansas is going to pose much of a threat there. The real issue is you, you can't allow Felipe Franks to hook up on some bombs, particularly early. And again, that goes back to, in some ways, I think when you look at Felipe Franks, we know what he is, right? He's a gunslinger. And he's going to throw some picks, right? Like, if you can get him uncomfortable and forcing him to throw 40, 50 times a game, he's going to throw some picks. And Florida is built to take advantage of that. Florida's offense can turn turnovers into points. You know, we've seen that throughout the year. So I think very similar to last week, it kind of comes down to how you start. Can you, can you control the tempo and put the game on Arkansas and force Felipe Franks to push and stretch and, and try to make plays happen? I think if you do that, Blake – I think you got a pretty good chance. Yeah, and, I, you know, looking at the stats for, for Arkansas, I mean, Felipe Franks has two more carries than, you know, their running back. Not many, 72 carries to, you know, their other two running backs, Traylon Smith and Rakeem Boyd, both have 70 carries. You know, 323 yards for Smith, 253 yards for, uh, for Boyd. I think that Arkansas seems like a team that if you can make them one-sided and you can make Felipe Franks have to be the guy, I think he's going to try to force some things. And, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you put the game on Felipe and you make them limited and you make them one-sided, I think he's going to try to fit some things into some windows, and it could be tricky for him. Now, here's the interesting thing. We're so focused on Felipe Franks because rightfully so, that's, that's a really intriguing storyline, right? I mean, Felipe Franks against Florida. I think the story of Arkansas so far in 2020 is the defense. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at what Barry Odom has done, and obviously he'll be the head coach in this game with Sam COVID, Sam Pittman having COVID. <laughs> Sam COVID. Sam COVID. Um, I, I think the defense is that story. And, and I'm curious, nobody has really stopped Florida. I mean, Florida has scored 38 points in every game this season, 38 or more. Barry Odom has done a pretty good job the last couple of years at Missouri against Florida. So I'm really curious, you know, those two linebackers are really, really good. Florida hasn't really tried to lean on the run game a whole lot. You know, the pass game is their bread and butter. And obviously when you have a guy like Kyle Trask, it should be. But if you're without Kyle Pitts, to me, this Arkansas defense could be the type of unit that really slows you down. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that, Blake? I mean, are you – do you expect an offensive struggle if, if Kyle Pitts can't play, or are you expecting Florida to just kind of click regardless? 
You know, I think they can click just because I think Florida has shown an offense. You know, Texas A&M is another team that has shown a pretty strong offense too, you know, from watching what they did against Florida. They were able to put up, I think, 40, you know, 38, 40-something points against Arkansas this season too. Georgia really struggled on offense, you know, even – you know, later in the season, but they also started out a little slow, but they ended up being able to pull away. You know, I don't know that Florida's going to come out and, you know, maybe jump out to this gigantic lead and, you know, they just, you know, continue to build off that. But I think Florida has the, you know, enough pieces, Kyle Pitts playing or regardless if he's not, I think that they have enough pieces there to pull away later. But I do think that, you know, the linebackers for Arkansas are two, um, I guess if you want to call them X factors for their defense, Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool, which is a great linebacker name, five-star name right there. Um, both of those guys, you know, Morgan, 70 tackles, uh, Pool, 64 tackles. So I think that those guys could be kind of the X factors for Florida there. Um, you know, they've run the ball. They've started to kind of pick up their consistency with running the ball, and I think that those two guys are going to make it hard for Florida to do that. If they can continue to make the running backs, you know, into, into the passing game like they did against Georgia – and, you know, I look back to, you know, yeah, Barry Odom is very capable. He's shown what he can do against Florida. But, you know, Kirby Smart is a great defensive coach. Georgia had a great defense, too. You know, regardless they had guys out or not. I think that Mullen has enough game plan in his head, and I think you can see what he can do with different weapons. You know, running backs in the passing game. I mean, Florida has three running backs that, you know, are very capable guys. I mean, whether they're in the running game or the passing game, I think Trayvon Grimes has, you know, the size matchup. You've got Kadarius Tony, who's playing really well. So, you know, I, I think Florida has plenty of pieces there to where they can figure things out. But I, I do think that the defense, yeah, you know, we can talk about Felipe Franks all day. You know, it's, it's a great storyline, you know, all those things considered. But I think the defense is going to be what, what can keep Arkansas in this game. And I think that those linebackers are, are kind of the guys that I'm going to be watching at least. All right, Blake, let me ask you this. Because this one, when the line came out, I was shocked. Arkansas is a 17-and-a-half-point dog right now. Is that too high to you? Um, no, I don't think. Eh, well, 17 points, man, that's a lot. So, I, I, with Kyle Pitts, I think that he's just a matchup nightmare in general. And I think that, yeah, that makes sense there. But without him, you know, I don't know. Um, 17 points, that is a lot. So, I don't know. I've... I don't know. You know, I, I guess I just haven't watched Arkansas enough to really know the answer to that question. Um, when I look at what the pieces have on Florida on their offense, how much their defense is playing better, you know, I think that that kind of hinges things on there. You know, I could see Florida pulling away with a 17-point lead, but I also think that, you know, I, I don't know that I've seen enough from Arkansas to, to really know that either. Here's my thing. I, I think – 17 I look points at this game, is a lot in general, though. That's a lot of points, even for Florida. I mean, look, Florida's prolific, but – you're coming off the Georgia game, you potential for letdown. Kyle Pitts may or may not play. I, I would I would say that this game is probably like a seven to ten point game for me. See, I was thinking I think, ten to fourteen. I think it's gonna be tough. I think the the difference and, and Florida if Florida covers, it's gonna be because Felipe Franks turns the ball over a bunch. I mean, that's that's it for me. I mean, I, you know, in, in Vegas, Vegas always knows better than I do. So, you know, this is just me spitballing. But I think this is gonna be a tough game. I think the reason I'm not worried about Florida dropping this game at all is because I think if it comes down to it in a tight – Florida, like Arkansas is not going to run away with this game. I think when you see a 17-and-a-half point spread, that's not going to happen. That would be an absolutely flooring upset. Um, but I think if it comes down to it's a tight game late, I trust Kyle, Kyle Trask infinitely more than I trust Felipe Franks to make a key play. And All day. I mean, unless you're Tennessee, you know – I just don't have the confidence that Felipe Frank's going to make a game-winning play. And Florida, you know, as bad as the defense has been at times this year, they're not Tennessee. So uh, I, I don't – I'll go ahead and say I don't think Florida covers this weekend. Um, 
but I do think I do think it will be a relatively comfortable game. I think again, the defense we saw last week, they finally started coming away with some takeaways. I think that's going to be big this week. I think because I, I, I do think there's going to be some busts in the in the secondary. I think Felipe Franks has the arm to take advantage. I just think you know if he if he goes for three or four touchdowns, including some long ones, there's going to be a couple picks mixed in there too. So, um, Blake, is there anything else we need to get to this week? Uh, you know, nothing much really on the recruiting front. You know, I, I think that the the one guy that I think is, is has been a lot of questions here is uh, four-star linebacker Xavier Sori. Um, a couple weeks back, he tweeted that, you know, a decision will be coming soon. Um, from all I've heard here, it's it's a Florida-Georgia battle. I think that things coming out of the win against Georgia, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of kids put a lot of their decision on one game. But I do think the fact that Florida has beaten Georgia, kind of got that monkey off the back. It's It's kind of given – it's given not necessarily, I guess it's just not given Georgia a chance to sit there and say like, you know, Dan Mullen can't beat me. You know, that, that, that pitch has, you know, it's died. It's, it's not worth anymore this year. And I think whenever you look at the fact that he's got family that, you know, like Florida, Florida needs linebackers. Not only do they need linebackers, but they need athletic linebackers that are physical like Sori. So I think a lot of things are starting to kind of click in Florida's favor. I haven't put in a crystal ball yet. I think it's still kind of tight. Georgia still feels pretty confident. Florida is feeling more confident. And I think that that confidence is kind of swinging in their favor to where I do think this is starting to trend Florida's way. Not enough for me to, you know, sit there and throw in a prediction and call my shot yet. But I do feel a lot better about Florida's chances here. A decision I think could come, you know, last week he was saying it would come in the next couple weeks. I think a later part of November, you know, maybe, you know, next week, week after type of thing. You know, he hasn't really come out and set a direct date. I think he likes the suspense. You know, I've even talked to some sources that say that his parents don't even know what day he's going to be doing this thing. So, you know, he's very much leaving things up to some secrecy there. I do think Florida things, I think things are starting to trend Florida's way. Um, I could put in a crystal ball later. I think I need to get a little bit more intel there, but I definitely think that heading into that Florida Georgia game, I was thinking this is trending Georgia's way. Coming out of that, I think it's starting to trend Florida's way. That game matters, man. That game matters. All right, we'll, uh, Blake, uh, we'll come back on Monday, breaking down the game with Felipe Franks heading to the swamp for his return. Uh, that'll do it for us today on the podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.